Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So just kind of quickly to bring everything where it needs to be up up to speed, so to speak. Uh, we've been talking since the beginning of the year about attitude. And maybe some of you are thinking, what in the world, you know, what in the world is he talking about? Well, we're going somewhere. Keep saying that we're going somewhere. Um, I. I would like to show the church what I believe is the vision for the church, the future of the church, uh, probably next week. Uh, but let me just say it this way. Guys, as a church, as a congregation, we need the right attitude, which is the right heart, to do what God wants us to do. And so that's what we're trying to convey is the idea of, of all of us getting in, in the right heart and the right attitude to, to do what God would have us to do. So I, I would really appreciate some help this morning. This is very important that you understand this message this morning is going to be critical in going forward on, on what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be doing in the church and be critical. So you really need to understand this message this morning. So uh, a little participation would be great. You can answer me out loud, uh, but, but I, I'm going to ask you a few questions. I don't think these are in your notes. You may, you can write them down or just try to remember them. But let me ask this question this morning. Everybody here. Does God still speak to us? He still speaks to us? Okay. So how does that work? How, how does that work? Because I'll be honest, I've been in church, you know, a long time. I don't think anyone's ever told me how that works. Everyone has told me since I started this church, Renee's famous words, every time the pastor gets in a mess, we'll just, just follow the Lord. Good advice, right? No one ever told me how, right? I don't know how. And then it's if you have a feeling that you should do something, then just do it. Man, I've seen a lot of really bad mistakes made that way, right? So how does this thing work? And is it just blind Hope it's right. And guys, there's got to be, if God does speak to us in 2023, if God does speak to us, there has got to be a understanding of how he does it. And so let me ask this question. If God speaks to us and we're trying to figure out how does that work, why has that been so abused? In other words, if you've been in church any time at all, you've seen that guy stand up or that woman stand up and say, yeah, and bawling and crying and saying, God told me to do this. And when they did it, <laughs> it was awful, right? It was, how many of you seen this? Uh, th this is a classic example. How many of you seen this? We're having a hallelujah time. The spirit is here. It is moving. We are all getting blessed. God is here in a mighty way. We're worshiping God. And some woman in the back will stand up and they'll bawl for about five minutes before they can even say anything to say, I, I, I just couldn't help it. I, I had to give his testimony about 15 minutes minutes later there ain't a spirit in the house nowhere was that God that was not God right so why is it so many Christians say God's speaking to me and it's quite evident God's not speaking to me. how many of you know God's never been wrong God's never been wrong so guess what 
He didn't tell you to do that. You figured it out on your own. So we need to stop long enough to understand how does God speak to us? And I, some of this we have talked about before. Some of this is new, but if I'm real honest, um, all of these years in the ministry and everything else, I, some of these things I'm just now figuring out. And I have struggled because I'm one of those I'm one of those guys that whenever you say the Lord's telling you something and, and it's obvious that that was not the Lord, um, I don't just I've got to say that didn't work. That didn't work. And so I want to say, well, what does work? Because I know God's always right. So if God speaks to us and God's always right, then everything God tells you will always be right. Does that make sense to anybody except for me? God cannot be wrong. So if he tells you it's going to be right. And so we need to figure out, and, and on, on top of everything else that we're trying to figure out here, and we need this message so desperately, am I the only one here that sees how bad that makes Christians look to everyone else? What about if we got a bunch of lost people in here, and they don't know Jesus, and someone stands up and says, Jesus told me to do this, and that wasn't, obviously wasn't right. What does that do to that lost person? Guys, this is serious. We, we need to get this right, how to understand uh, how God speaks to us. So anybody here want to know how God speaks to us? Anybody would like to leave here this morning saying, I can now know when God's talking to me. Because if nobody wants to know, we'll just go eat. God, we need to know this, right? Anybody? All right, thank you. So what if we could learn accurately to hear from God? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that really be just tremendous? What about if a as a congregation, uh, we could hear and trust what God says? Guys, that would change everything. You're not following Gary. You're not following the leaders. You're not, we're not making decisions by majority rules. We are following God. Because that's, that's the way we're supposed to be having church. So if you understand anything I just said, what I'm talking about is an attitude of trust. We need an attitude of trust. And not only do I trust, because see, I always trust that God's right. I just wonder if I've got it wrong, right? But what about if I can understand this is coming from God so I can trust it? You guys follow me? I titled the lesson, the message this morning, Victorious Trust. How can you have victorious trust when you don't know if what you're believing is from God or not? So how about this? No one would want to say this, but how many times have you said, well, I know this is what God wants me to do. You stepped out and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I hope that was God because I'm not really sure. <laughs> right. And you do it. And then, oh, no, that wasn't God. Now it's so embarrassing. How about if we knew this is God? And I can trust it. That's the only way we can have victorious trust. So that being said, uh, we're going we're gonna to read in the book of uh, Genesis. Just going to read a few verses. Uh, we could have read about five or six chapters or seven or eight chapters. I know that you guys would have enjoyed hearing me do that. But we're just going to read a couple of verses. You can remain seated. Uh, very, very familiar story here about Joseph. Uh, it's down to the end of his life. <clears throat> but Joseph, or Genesis chapter 50 and verse number 19 it says, and Joseph said unto them, his brothers, fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. To bring to pass, as it is this day, 
to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. That's a very familiar text, quoted a lot, used in a lot of different ways. But let's just bring it all into context and let's understand what that verse means. Let, let us grasp what Joseph is talking about. So if, I'm assuming most of you know the story, so we're going to kind of go through it quickly. If you don't know, I would encourage you to go back and read it because it's a tremendous story. But Joseph, as probably a teenager, just a young boy, uh, as a teenager, uh, he seems to have had a heart for God. He seems to have had a, a closeness to God. But as a young boy, God speaks to him. And God says, one day your brothers are going to bow down and worship you. <laughs> Joseph said, cool, cool. Now, he's the baby in the family. All the other brothers, some of them are already grown men. Some of them are, are much, much older than him. He's the baby, right? And God says, one day, all your brothers are going to come around and they're going to they're bow down to you. Joseph believed what God told him. He believed it so much that he thought, I'm going to just share that with my brothers, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell them, say, say, one day you're going to bow down and, 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 and tell me how great I am. They, they weren't impressed, right? The, the, the brothers didn't say, that's awesome. They got mad. But Joseph believed God, okay? He had another dream, another vision. God told him that not only your brothers, but your, also your, your mom and your dad, everyone's going to come down and they're going to bow down before you. So he told it to his, his brothers, his mom and dad. And his dad didn't think, Jacob did not think that was so awesome, right? But he trusted God. He believed God. Do you guys see that as a teenage boy, when everyone's older than you, and your dad and God says they're all going to come bow down to you. How that seems impossible. How that doesn't make any sense at all. And when all of your brothers and your dad tell you that was not from God. Do you guys understand how hard it was to just trust God? But he did. And so then a little later we go on in the story and his brothers, they decide we're going to kill him. Now, that would have really messed up the vision, right? I mean, he's supposed to be ruling over them. They're bowing down to him, and they're going to kill him. But he still trusted God. He still believed what God had said. They put him in a pit. They beat back and forth whether or not to kill him. Finally, they decided to pull him up out of the pit and sell him to some strangers and make him a slave to a foreign land to strangers he does not know. Do you see how this story is not going the way the vision went? Do you guys, are you guys getting this? God said you're going to rule over your brothers and everything's going exactly the opposite. It seemed impossible what God had said. It seemed not only impossible, but it didn't make any sense. Why is this happening? But can I tell you, even when he got sold to the slaves, he trusted God. Think about that. He trusted what God said. He, he then is uh, um, in the house with a woman alone 
By history, we would find out that Potiphar was a high-ranking official in the Egyptian uh, um, government. And in, by history, we would know that if you were a high-ranking official in the government, you would get your pick of the women. You'd buy, find a prettiest one you could find. That'd be your wife, right? And so he would have had a gorgeous wife. And how do I say this kind of nicely? Anybody here know anything about teenage boys? Enough said, enough said, okay. You got a teenage boy in the house with a beautiful woman all by himself. And all she's interested in is seducing Joseph. But he trusted God. Did you guys see this picture? He trusted God. He trusted what God said. He had faith in what God said when it all didn't make sense. He does the right thing. He resists this woman. He will not give in to her. He, he does what God wants him to do. And they lock him up in prison and accuse him of trying to rape her. And you know what Joseph did? He trusted God. He trusted God. He goes through interpreting dreams of others and, and all the things that goes through. And if you just see his whole entire life, and this, this guys, this went on for, for a lot of years, maybe 15 or 20 years, he goes through this whole thing. But God said it, and Joseph believed it and trusted in it. When it didn't make sense, when it seemed impossible, he trusted God. Lo and behold, you know the story. Things get rough. God says a famine. Joseph's raised up, second most powerful man in the world. He's virtually ruling the world. And everybody in the world, in the known world at that time, had to come to him. And he was, he was in charge. Right? Finally, his brothers come. And they say, we're starving. We need you to help us. Joseph figures out who they are. And, and again, we're not going to try and go through the whole story, but it comes down to the end. They have to bow down. He, he is ruler over them. The dad has to come. He has to bow down. Everything that God said ended up happening. Here's the thing. From teenage boy, when God said it, until ruling the world, a lot of things happened that didn't make sense. Is there anybody here that a lot of things have happened in your life that you couldn't quite figure out, couldn't quite understand. But can we trust God? Guys, let me give you a little hint, just a little tiny commercial here in the, in the message, just a little uh, uh, stepping away rabbit trail just for a second. It's not getting better. If we go on another 5, 10, 15 years, things aren't going to get better. It's not going to be, oh, oh it's, it's easy now. Things are not going to make sense and things are going to get more difficult. So what my point is, we need to trust God, not because we understand it, not because it's all clear, not because it's easy, but because God said it. We're getting this? We, God said it. So Joseph comes to a place where he is now seeing everything God said fulfilled. And I've just got to wonder if he looked over his shoulders and he said, ah, I see it now. <laughs> 
I see why they had to put me in that pit. I see why they had to sell me into slavery. I see why Potiphar's wife tried to seduce me. I see why I had to go to prison. And I see now how God worked all of those things to get me to this place where I could now be ruling the world. My brothers bowed down to me, but I am able to provide for them a living and save the world. And in, in turn, what all that, that happened to me was part of God's plan to get me where I was supposed to be. Do you guys see that? But you guys see, we know the story and we know how it ends, but you guys see how if you were living that life, how it'd be hard to trust God? Do you see how we'd say, this isn't making sense, or maybe I got it wrong, or, or, or maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this, maybe I'll never rule over my brothers. But he understood and he trusted God, and in the end he was able to say, listen, everything that's happened in my life up until this point, all the people that did me wrong, including my brothers, God had a plan, and I trust him. Okay, that, that, that's the story this morning. That's, that's the moral of the story. <clears throat> so we're going to give you five things this morning. I, I believe if we can utilize these, if you guys could remember these, if you guys can hang on to these, not just throw them out and forget about them, uh, but if you guys could remember these, I believe that we can learn how to know when God is speaking to us. I, I would even go so far as to say we, we can be very confident this is God. No more guessing, no more, I think it's God, no more it feels like it is, but we can, we can say this is, this is clearly from God. And wouldn't it be awesome in Sandhill Church if we could come to a place where as a congregation, all of us here, we can say we know this is of God or we know that's not of God. You guys know how I feel about majority rules. So here's the problem with majority rules. If you got, if you got more carnal Christians than you got spiritual Christians, we're gonna, we're gonna vote the way carnal Christians wanna go. Right? I'm not big on, on, on a lot of ways to make decisions, but I am big on this. If we all come together and we all say, this is what God wants, let's go do it. Now, again, let me just stop here in the message just for a second. Let me ask you this question. You're allowed to, you're allowed to talk to me, okay? If God, is there anything, is there anything God could tell us to do that we ought to say, no, we can't do that? No. 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 There's nothing God could, it does not have to make sense. It does not have to seem possible. It does not be, have to be feasible. If God says it, that's the end of the story. When God says it, we can do it. And as a congregation, we don't need to count heads, count dollars, or anything else. All we have to do is say, I know what God says. Let's go do it. Are you guys with me? That's the answer. And, and we're going we're gonna to be challenged, I believe, greatly in, in what God is giving us to do. Uh, but we need to understand, is this God or is it not? Because I think you guys already know this. If Gary says go do it, it might not work out so great. Josh thinks it's a great idea, doesn't mean anything. But if God says, this is what we should do, then every one of us needs to line up and say, let's go do it. You guys with me? So let's figure out how to know when God speaks to you. I got the word vision in here. Please don't let that word sidetrack you. Uh, it's just a way of saying when God shows us something, uh, you can use terminology you want to. I'm not saying some weird whatever. Uh, just I use the word vision in here for, for him get, speaking to us what we're supposed to do. So I've spent, I've, this has always been my standard comment to nearly anyone, but just wanted to throw it out there because I think you guys have it because you guys quote it back to me quite often. But I want to talk about a continuing vision. 
week after week, the prompting is the same. If you come into my office and you say, God's called me to preach, fantastic. Can I tell you if God's called you to preach three weeks later, it's not going to change? Can I tell you if God's burdened your heart to start a ministry, if God's telling you you need to do something, if God has called you into a work, he's not going to change his mind three weeks later? Do you guys, you guys understand why we need to figure this out, if God's wanting to do it or not? How many people have we seen say, oh, this is a new thing, God's really laid it on my heart, and then you're nowhere to be found in a few weeks later. But listen, God's vision doesn't change. So here's the thing. If you're, if God's dealing, and this is what I always tell people. I've had people come into my office tell me they're supposed to be missionaries. I've had people say they're supposed to preach. I've, I've had all kinds of, and I always say the same thing to everybody. Everybody, why don't we talk about this in about three or four weeks? And I can't tell you how many of those same people who are supposed to be missionaries, preachers, and every other calling under the sun, they never came back. Does anybody know what that was? That was emotion and feeling. <laughs> That's what that was. And it went away. It went away. It's easy to be in a church service. God's stirring your heart. You're all stirred up and, you, and you're maybe with good intentions. You say, God, I'll do anything. I'll go to Africa. But then on Monday morning, you say, what in the world did I do? That's a crazy idea, right? What was I thinking? But listen, if God wants you to go to Africa, he'll still want you to next week. And the week after that, and the week after that. Matter of fact, if it's God, it'll get worse and worse and worse, and worse, this feeling will get stronger and stronger instead of weaker and weaker. So that is a very, very good way, right at the very beginning, to weed out all of the, all of the wrong ways we're led by the Lord. If you're, He's speaking to you, it'll continue to be the same for a very long time. I think that's easy to understand. Number two, consistent markers from the past. I believe we spoke about this in, uh, when we were looking at experiencing God. But I want us to see this real good this morning. Now, th this might sting just a little bit. But I'm going to ask everybody here to evaluate your past, how you have followed God. If you look back over your shoulder and every time you said God wanted you to do something or every time you had some new idea or something, and, it, and, it, and it's just a... It, 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 there's, it makes, uh, there's nothing there. If every time God showed you to do something and a few weeks later, a month later, you were doing something else, maybe we need to stop and evaluate how we're listening to God. D does this make sense to anybody? I, are you guys with me? But if you look back over your life, like Joseph said, and you can look back and you can see clear markers from where you started to where you are and where you're going, and they're all in a line, good chance you've been listening to God. Does this make sense to anybody? So we're going to look at the markers. We're going to look at the markers behind us and see if they line up. Now, just real quickly, uh, looking around this morning, no, most nobody's here uh, that, that was here before I started pastoring, but uh, Renee, Renee and Dot and Bo. <laughs> All right, so uh, all of our all of our regulars, our old timers, are not here that have been here a long time. So some of you, this will be a complete mystery too. But but let, let's just run through this a little bit. God asked me to pastor this church. Now it doesn't matter why. That did not make sense. Amen, sister. I can't tell how many people said that is the craziest thing I've heard in all my life. That does not make sense, and it didn't. And I told God that doesn't make sense, but He told me I'm supposed to do it. He, he then gave me a very clear direction on what the church was supposed to do. Now I'm talking about I was just a kid. 
I just a kid and 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 a, and and God saying change everything around. And I'm thinking that, that ain't gonna work. There ain't no way that'll work, right? But God told me to do it. Everybody told me I was wrong. And then I remember, I don't know for sure where this, what time frame this came, but I hadn't been pastoring very long. This church has always been, and, and I, to be real, real honest, I still don't understand this to this day, so I, I don't ask me to explain this, I don't understand it. But this church has always been, since its conception in 1957 until just recently, it's always been, almost everybody here was from down south, and almost everybody here was a free will Baptist, and almost everybody here had been raised like me. Okay? That's all we had. And God gave me a vision that we needed a, a, a multi-ethnic, multi-background, multi-just a hodgepodge of people from everywhere. Can I tell you, I looked at the people and they looked at me like I had three eyes. That was the craziest thing. And in my mind, I'm thinking, God, this doesn't make sense. It's working. You know, why would we want, why would we want that? But look around. Look around. We, we don't have everybody from the same background. Everybody's not from the same place. Everybody's not from the same denomination. Everybody's not raised just like me. Everybody, it's just, it's just a hodgepodge of people. I don't understand that. But that's a vision. And then God began to, and you guys have heard me preach this for a long time. When I was started first preaching it, it, it was the craziest thing. But God began to lay on my heart that we needed messed up people in our church. And can I tell you, when I started preaching that, everybody here was a church person, right? And why do we want those messed up people in our church? And I told God, that doesn't make sense. But God brought us a bunch of messed up people. Right. And then I remember this so very clearly COVID hit. And we had to make some decisions as a church. And we sat down and, and you got to understand church was, was quite different in 19 or 2017, 2018 in that, in that area right there before we come into this. And we sat down and we said, we're just, and we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what, you know, we're ever going to have church again. You know, we didn't know what was going to happen with COVID and everything that was going on. So we made some decisions. We tried to pray and tried to seek God, and, we, and we, 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 just, we just made some decisions. And this is what we decided. Whatever happens with COVID, whatever happens with the future, if the, if the people never come back, it, it, whatever happens, here's what we decided. Everything we do from this point forward, it's going to be about studying the Word of God. Now, most of you here won't understand this, but can I tell you that's about the craziest idea we could have possibly came up with? Why is that? Because I even said, that'll never work. They don't want that. It, it, they'll, nobody will come back. We will have no church. There'll be nothing there. It makes no sense. But we felt it's what God wanted. So we made it. If you're going to be here on a Wednesday, if you're going to watch stuff online, if you're going to be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Sunday school, a specialist meeting out in the front yard, everything we do, everywhere we go, you're going to come here. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to learn the Bible. And guess what happened? The church started growing. We have strong Christians. God's doing tremendous things. 
my heart has always been, and this, you stick this back in your thinking cap. This is what we're going to have for next Sunday. But my heart has always been on church, on biblical doctrine. And I have a real struggle to understand why every church is not that way. But that is the vision that God has given us, is that we, this church is built on biblical doctrine. Now, all of that, as we look in the rearview mirror, all of that now makes sense, like Joseph. I can look back now and I can say, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I see why all that happened to bring us to here. But how many of you know that 15 years ago, that didn't make sense? It, it, it wasn't like I said, yeah, God, I get this. This makes perfect sense. No, it made no sense whatsoever. It was impossible and it did not make sense. But God knew where we were going. And like Joseph, I can now stand here and say, yeah, I didn't understand it, but I see now what God was doing. And I've said this so many times to you guys. It's fun pastoring this church. I talked to a brother this week, uh, another pastor. And he said, how you doing, brother? I said, we're doing great. Doing great. How's church doing? I said, it's doing great. This is what this brother said. He said, I am glad to hear that. He said, because almost every pastor I talk to, they're doing terrible. Am I alone here? Are you guys with me? Do you realize how many churches of pastors on the verge of quitting? The church is going downhill. No one's coming. Nothing's happening. It's dead. There's nothing going on there. And, but there was a vision God had, and it brought us to the place where we are doing great, and we are seeing new people, and we are seeing souls saved, and God has a direction that he wants to take us in. God is doing things, and we can be excited instead of saying, well, brother, it ain't going so good. I'm just barely hanging on. Say, man, we're doing great. So we confirm the vision by seeing if the markers line up in our past. And I'm talking this morning primarily about following the direction uh, that God has for this church. But this will work in your own personal lives. If God started setting out markers for you years ago, you ought to be able to look back and see how those, that direction, that vision, what he was speaking to you brings you to where you're at today. And, and if there's a whole lot of deviation from that, you probably need to correct the way you understand the Lord. Number three, closeness to, to hear. Now, <clears throat> silly illustration, very, very silly. <clears throat> but if I, bring, if I bring the kids up here and, and, I have, and I have Peyton right here, right here, and I put Kaysen out by Mason Road and I start talking... Who's going to understand me better? Is that hard to understand? Is that hard to understand? Who's closest can hear the best? And Casey's going to be saying, I can hear something up there, but I don't understand anything he's saying, right? But Pay's going to say, I understand everything he says. I, this is kind of goes along with what we preached last Sunday about, about worship. I struggle with all of the craziness we see in church, and we still call it worship. Because the same thing goes for hearing from God. When we're not interested in the Bible, when we're not living holy lives, when we're not being what we're supposed to be, but we expect God to just give us a vision, I think there's a problem with that. And I think that that's not ever explained. So if you go to a church and it's never explained to you, and just everybody here, just follow what the Lord tells you. And if you have any feeling, just obey it. But you're not close to God and you don't live up to the Bible and, you, and you're living a carnal life, you're probably going to get your signals mixed. Do you see why we have problems in church? I've always heard it said, this is kind of an old saying, that 
the Spirit of God will never lead you to something that contradicts the Word of God. That's good, that's good advice, right? So anyways, anything you feel like the Holy Spirit is telling you, it never ever contradicts the Word of God. But let me just add just a little bit to that. How do you know? <laughs> do I know that the Holy Spirit is not contradicting this because I hold it under my arm? Because I have it in the window of my car? I, I'm being a little silly, but you guys get what I'm saying? You're not supposed to do anything the Holy Spirit contradicts the Word of God. But if you don't study this, you're not going to know if it contradicts it or not. So the way you know if it contradicts it is because you've studied it and know what it says. And if you know what it says, it helps it a whole lot easier to understand what the Spirit is saying. Because the Spirit will never contradict the Word. And by the way, Jesus said before he was here, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send back the Spirit of truth. And it will direct you in what I say. What did Jesus say? This book right here. The Holy Spirit comes to give us this Word. Not some crazy thing no one's ever heard of he directs us from his word so if you want to hear jesus speak you gotta know what the book says i don't know why this isn't just something everybody knows but seemingly we don't holy life we use the illustration of the of the kids hearing hearing me speak but if you are living a holy life we talked in sunday school about um brother richard brought up uh um, you know, letting out the dog and washing the dishes and, and all of that, and, and I, I didn't get to comment, but but there's a book out, uh, Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was he was a monk, but he walked in the spirit all of the time. When he was taking out the garbage, he was thinking about Jesus. When he was washing dishes, he was thinking about Jesus. When when he was Folding clothes? He was thinking about Jesus. See, there wasn't a part that's for Jesus and a part that's for, for me. Everything he did was about Jesus. And guys, when we don't live holy lives and we don't think about Jesus and he's not our uh, on our mind all the time, I struggle that he's going to speak clearly to you and you're going to know what he says. Right? And that could explain a whole lot of the reason we have a whole lot of people saying a whole lot of things that God told them to do that ain't God telling them to do it because they're not close enough to hear what God has to say. But God does speak to us, and if we want to uh, hear, we've got to be close to Him. This next one I think is important. I want you to, uh, uh, to think about this. The priority of God's work. I've heard an awful lot of Christians really say, you know, I need God to show me if I should buy this car. I need God to show me if I should move to this house. I need God to show me if, you know, if I should send my kids to the school. I need God to, and God can do that. God can do that. Amen? God can do that. But is that really what's important? See, what, what I see so many doing is they're really wrapped up on whether or not to buy that Chevy or that Ford. God show me. We know what guys are going to say, but I mean, which one do you buy, right? But, but, uh, but. We're worried about that, but what God wants me to do? No, I'm not worried about that. I'm not asking God to show me what I need to do. I'm just asking God which car to buy. Are you guys following me? 
And that's how so much time church is. It's, it's God, show me some carnal thing to help my life. But what about saying, God, show me what you want me to do as a worker for you to further your kingdom? Because he's interested in that and he wants to show you what he wants you to do. But so often we're coming to him wanting some vision on what we're supposed to do with some carnal part of our life, not even thinking about what we need to be doing for him. Just thinking he'd probably talk a lot more to us if we talked about what he's interested in. And he'd probably show us a lot more. If you buy a Ford or a Chevy, there may be consequences, but people aren't going to go to hell because of that. Or a ram, right, Brother Terry? Get them all in there. But if you don't do what God tells you to do for Him, there's going to be eternal consequences. So we need to understand that. So we need an attitude of trusting him. So we're going to look back and uh, we're going to see if the, if the vision continues. There's going to be a continual vision that does not change. We're going to look back at the markers and see all the things we thought God was saying. Are they lining up to where we're supposed to be? We're going to make sure that we're close to God, hearing his word, uh, living his word, uh, learning his word, making the priority of serving him. And this last one is, is really, really powerful to me. And, and at least for me, this is how God speaks to me. I am a preacher, I'm a pastor, I still question, is this God or is this not God? And sometimes I really, really, really think it's God, but I still wonder, is this God? I, I believe we also learned about this in uh, experiencing God as well. But confirmation of the vision. So I am, I am feeling like God is leading me to do something. I've been, this has been my practice really since I, I started pastoring a church. So I, I didn't know how to do it, so this has kind of been my pattern. So I feel like God is leading me to do something. I have a feeling this is what God wants. And I'm not sure. But I have not told Renee, I have not told one soul. And I turn on, used to be turn on the radio, now it's listen to a podcast or whatever it is, but I'm listening to some preaching and some guy in California that I've never met before is bringing a message on exactly what God just spoke to me in private about. And I'm saying, God, how'd you do that? And then I flip it over to the guy in Florida that's preaching, and he's preaching about the same thing God just spoke to me about. And I'm like, God, how did you do that? And sometimes what really blows my mind, I know it's not a big deal to God, but sometimes these things are recorded like months and months ahead of time. How did that guy preach that months and months ago and it be played on the very day that God is talking to me about that? Say, do you guys see how this is a lot different than just a feeling that I have? There's confirmation. I've many times I've had something on my heart, not only hearing it in a message, but I would be reading it. I'd be reading my Bible and just pick it up right where I stopped reading yesterday, pick it up and start reading. And it's like, oh, my goodness, how did that happen? Right where I started reading, it was exactly what God had been speaking to me about that I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, God, how do you do that? How could you make right where I left off yesterday exactly what you've been talking to me about? And he kind of reminds me, this is his word. He's, he's talking to me, right? And this is a living book. That's confirmation. Sometimes I read, I read Christian books and the author, right where I left off yesterday reading, right where I start reading today, the author is talking about exactly what God's been speaking to me on. That, uh, it, that is significant. So this is powerful to me. I don't know if the congregation is quite caught on to this. This is powerful to me. But I don't know if you guys remember a couple weeks back, um, I got up and preached on... Uh, I don't even remember the title was at the point, but but it was a, a, a lot about complaining, right? 
Brother McGill comes in my office after lunch, and he just like, I mean, he was just, I don't know what to do. He said, I've been struggling for, really, he explained to you guys for, for months even, but he God had really late, and I hadn't talked to Brother McGill at all. We had never talked in, in any way. He didn't know what I was preaching. I know his preaching. But he, the Lord had laid on his heart to bring a message that was just like I had knew what he was going to preach, and we preached them together. That's confirmation. And if you guys were here, that was one of the best messages Brother McGill's ever preached, right? That was phenomenal, right? Last Sunday, last Sunday we were here and we were preaching about wisdom. And again, I hadn't talked to Josh. Josh hadn't talked to me. He gets up and he starts off. And I'm sitting there thinking at the very beginning of his message, it's just like everything he's saying, he's just repeating me, right? And if you guys know how much Josh hates to do that, you do know that <laughs> that was God, right? But, but my point being, there's a confirmation. When there's something going on bigger than you that you can't make happen or fake that God does, that you might should pay attention to that. Do you guys get that? I'm going to throw this one out there. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to throw this one out there. So this whole thing, this vision that I, that I plan on sharing next Sunday with you guys, I've tried very, very hard to keep secret. Uh, for one, I want to make sure that the church is ready for it, and, and I just feel like that's the direction we're supposed to go on it. But I'd worked very hard to keep it a secret and not, not talk to people about it, not tell anybody about it, just keep it, keep it to myself in private. Last week, I'm having a meeting with Tom and Terry, and I don't even know what we was talking about. We wasn't talking about this at all. And Tom, just out of the clear blue sky, just blurts out everything that I was, I'm thinking, how did you do that? I haven't told, I've never discussed it with Tom in any way, shape, or form. I have never said one word to him about it. He's never said one word to me about it. We've never discussed it. And he just starts talking about it in my office. I about fell on the floor. I'm like, what in the world? Can God do that? Can God do that? So what I'm showing you is sometimes there's more than just your feeling. Sometimes there's all of the things God's bringing to show you. This is actually me speaking to you. <clears throat> We're going to start doing this a lot more. I don't have time to explain it all this morning, but I just want to throw this out there. The congregation hearing the same message. When we talk about the vision next Sunday, Lord willing, we're going to need to be able to hear from God. And we have those connect cards, and I've kind of learned a lot from those connect cards. But I realize not everyone maybe is hearing from God, and I realize that, again, we don't go on majority rules or everybody's opinion is going to make the final decision. But here's what I am learning. We have a congregation of people who love Jesus. we got a congregation that loves Jesus. Come on, guys. we got a congregation that loves Jesus. What I'm learning is when we're making a decision, when we're going a direction, I start asking for connect cards on what do you think about this? What I start seeing is a vast, vast majority all agree this is what God wants. So if you get two or three that don't agree with that, but you got 15 who do, guess what? Good chance this is what God's wants us to do. Does that make sense? So, so the congregation is here. What I'm saying, there's verification, not just what I think God's saying, but God's saying the same thing to you as he's saying to me. And when he's saying that to enough of us, that might be confirmation that God's speaking on what we're supposed to do. So we put all of that together. We, we have the confirmation of, of others seeing the same thing as us. We have the uh, looking back at the markers in our life. We have the pattern, the, the thing doesn't change, and we're, we're living close enough where we can hear God. We have all of that together, and we can come to the place, this is what I need you guys to see, 
We're the congregation that trusts the vision. If you've been in church any time at all, you've probably heard a lot of you probably heard a lot of pastors, a lot of preachers, a lot of Christians say we need to go in this direction, and it wasn't the direction God wanted. Okay, if you've been around any time at all, you've seen a lot of that. So I don't want you guys following me. I don't want you guys doing what Gary says. I want us to understand what God is speaking. And if we can learn how to accurately understand what God is speaking to all of us, we can go forward trusting the vision. Now, if the vision is beyond our ability, if it doesn't make sense, if it's impossible, if we don't have enough money, that doesn't matter. There's one thing that matters and one thing only is this God. Are you guys with me? Is this, if this is God, we go do it. If this is not God, we can't do it. So there's only one thing that matters. Is this God? If this is God, then we can go do it. So we need a congregation that can trust. We are not, we are not, we're not dependent on Gary's feelings. We're not dependent on something we feel. We're not just random to do it, but we've run it through the test, uh, the biblical test, and it, and it proves out that God is in this. So let's look ahead just for, just for a moment. I want to ask the Sandhill Church. We've been through a lot, amen? A lot of things have happened here. Uh, a lot of people have grown, and, and we've, we've got, it's just such a blessing. We have, we have people who have not been saved very long who are growing so much and so spiritual, and, and the core is just getting stronger and stronger. And we have a hardworking church, and we have people who love Jesus. We have a great, great church. And we have learned so much about the Bible, and so, so much is just, God's just doing so much here. And what we've learned this morning of, of really, I, I trust, an accurate way to know if God's speaking to us. Knowing everything that we know, I want to ask the congregation at Sand Hill Church, knowing everything that we now know, will we trust the Lord? And I want you just, I want to let that set just for a minute. I want you guys to think about that. Will we trust the Lord? Will we trust the Lord that what he says he will do? Brother Bo told us that he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's just going to be there. You know, he said, he said in the Great Commission, he says, all power is given me in heaven and earth. And he said, he said, he said, lo, I am with you all. You know what he's saying? If you're going and working for me, count on it. I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to be right there with you. So if there's anything that God can say go do that we can't get excited and just go do it if he says he's going with us. I'm not getting the excitement I was hoping for. <laughs> I'm not getting the, the looks on your faces I was hoping for. Let me, let me turn that around just a little bit because maybe, maybe this is the problem this morning. Do, seriously, everybody tune back in. If you're not paying attention, please tune back in. Do you need to be nervous and scared to death of what God's going to ask us to do or what Gary's going to say God wants us to do if God wants us to do it? Do you have to lay awake all week and say, oh, I'm scared to death of what Gary's going to say. I'm just scared to death. It's going to be horrible. What are we saying? If God wants it, we can do it. Right? So it, will we trust him? Will we have a trusting attitude that says if God says it, we're going to go do it? When it seems impossible... When it doesn't make sense, when it's uncomfortable, when it's difficult, when it's not what we want to do, will we trust Him?
I believe God does speak to us. I believe God shows us things. I believe he directs our path. I believe as a church, he will show us what he wants us to do. I believe we have put ourselves in a particular position as a church where God can speak to us and use us. And may I remind you one more time, to whomsoever much is given, much shall be required. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.